0: In this country, we believe that there should be freedom for all, even though not all of us believe it. Join Tom and Chase as they explore politics, economics, and everything else that threatens your individual liberty. This is the Free For All Podcast. And we are live.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Free For All Podcast. This week we want to start off with a different topic, uh, which is gaming. And uh that's something that's that's very important to Chase and I, and I'm I'm sure it is to a lot of the people listening that were part of our generation and grew up gaming. I used to play a lot of original Xbox, Nintendo 64, a lot of Halo, Mario, Call of Duty, uh you name it. And you know it, it was is it was a really important part of my childhood helped me connect with my friends and be friends with people and create lasting friendships
0: yeah a lot of the people that i still talk to now are people that i met off of xbox and actually found out like we went to the same high school or stuff like that you know when uh xbox started off as a smaller community um you know it was a lot much, it was a lot more easier to find or end up running into people in online games and finding out that they lived really close to you that was pretty normal um but yeah i i met a lot of my great friends um gaming so it's obviously very important to um people that grew up like you and i did and what's sad about all of this is as we've gotten older video games have become less and less a way to escape reality and more of a uh an avenue for that reality to continue to exist. And what I mean by that is that basically over the last year we've started to see like a rise in these uh video game developers like EA, Activision, Dice, um, Codemasters, and all these other different game developers um basically politicizing major. Gaming titles like Madden, Call of Duty, um, Battlefield, Formula One, uh, and there's probably a few more that I'm even forgetting. But they're they're politicizing all these major gaming titles in order to cater to this PC crowd and this PC mindset that they feel like is going to make people more comfortable um, playing games or something in, in the name of inclusion and. You know, they they display this blatantly in games like Madden uh, with slogans like it takes all of us and in racism that can be read on basically any field that you play on. And then, you know, uh, in games like Formula One 2020, the slogan we race is one is prevalent throughout the game. Like there's a ton of examples of politicizing video games to, you know, extend reality into Uh, the gaming world and it's like why is that even necessary when our mainstream media is already completely oversaturated with that as it is like gaming evolved as a way for people to escape reality for people to do um something that was different from their everyday lives and help them you know get away from whatever their mind was on whether it was work or school uh or Whatever the stress was in their life, you know, that was a way for them to escape that. And now what these game developers are doing are, in the name of being politically correct, are completely ruining video game titles and extending reality and pushing political philosophies and gamers' faces and everything when that's what they're trying to get away from.
1: Yeah, yeah. Games are supposed to be an escape from reality, like you're saying, and they're they're just bringing it back. And like you're saying, they push a lot about the they say a lot about like the racism, you know, Black Lives Matter. For example, I play a lot of Battlefield and I play Battlefield one, four and five. So which are the three most recent ones in case you didn't know. But, you know, every time you would launch Battlefield after doing this specific update, it would give you. Uh, it would say Black Lives Matter. It was like, oh, the the DICE and Battlefield community stands with uh, minorities and their experiences or so- something of that. But every time I would launch Battlefield, or actually, you know this, this time I would launch Battlefield 5 and then it would show up. And then I'd launch Battlefield 1 and it would show up. I would launch Battlefield 4 and it would show up. And it's so annoying. And I've said previously that racism in the 21st century has pretty much been rooted out by the education system and stigmas. And young people really don't want to be constantly lectured about these things. And obviously, people are going to say edgy things online, but it begs the question are these people who aren't normally racist just saying harmless words to be funny online? It sure seems so.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you know, the kids in our generation, we grew up with like, Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3, even the original Modern Warfare, as well as um the original Black Ops, um, all the original Battlefields and the um early Gears of War series, like uh 1, 2, and 3. Um, you know, where we had all these online lobbies and everything where kids were constantly saying racist stuff to each other, were constantly cursing each other out and everything in the pregame lobbies and to me it was like it was almost like motivation to just go and kick that whoever whoever was cursing you out in the pregame lobby to just go kick their ass in the next game because that's always what ends what what ended up happening is whoever talks trash is going to get beat so you know to us it was just motivation to keep competing whereas like today's kids it's almost like they need a safe space to play a game. Um, they, they can't take the heat basically. And that's how, and that's how we played as kids growing up. It was like, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Like yeah. if you couldn't take, if you couldn't take what kids were saying in an online lobby, then you just didn't play the game. That was just how it was. Like nobody was going to stop cursing or or stop doing this and that to make you feel comfortable. It was just, you had to deal with it. And so I guess because of because that's what I grew up dealing with to start extending this idea of inclusion to the gaming world is just absolutely stupid because they're claiming that they're bridging a gap that doesn't exist. They're basically just saying that, like, there's now a generation of gamers that didn't grow up in the same climate, I guess, that me and Tom grew up in where it isn't a trial by fire online and everything. And they want people to just like not, not have to deal with that, I guess, or something like that. And they're ruining gaming titles because of it.
1: Yeah. Just going back to something you were saying, you're saying like, Oh, somebody talks trashy. You want to beat them in the next game. That's just kind of, that's, kind of a parallel to real life you kind of have to learn to deal with these sort of situations where people are always going to be talking shit to you people are going to be talking down to you or whatever and you have to excel and push forward or do something better or learn how to block out those people
0: it's like when i play rocket league with you It's like whenever you get mad because i do something stupid when we're playing standard like it just motivates me to try harder and to prove you wrong the next game even though obviously that doesn't always happen but like that's like the goal that i get in my head so i feel like that's how like a lot of people in our generation that grew up in that kind of environment like that's how they think
1: yeah now and now there's all these kids that don't want to even hear all these words and don't want to you know the they're saying hate speech everything's hate speech and uh censor all these people especially in video games now they're talking about with uh, Sony PlayStation, luckily we play Xbox. But on PlayStation, that they're going to be uh, recording your party chat or something like that, and there's some sort of algorithm that can tell whenever you're, you, whenever you're saying certain words that are hate speech or, uh, probably right wing or whatever.
0: It's like IRL censorship, like in real time.
1: Yeah, it, it's very real time censorship. And that's that's a really dangerous path path. But yeah, kids these days they just want the safe space and they're never gonna learn to face the adversity and push forward. They're just gonna they're gonna hear adversity and hear people talking shit about them and just cry. And unfortunately that's not how nature is. But all these video games, they don't realize that when they when they're shoving BLM shit in people's faces. It's really making people piss because, like I said, Generation Z, who are you know predominantly the gamers, and I would say most of Generation Z, especially guys, are gamers. We're so far beyond physical, actual manifested racism that by putting constant reminders, you're basically insinuating that that person is racist. You're basically saying to the gamers, like, hey, Black Lives Matter, do you remember that? All right.
0: Like have you ever seen the the SJW like TikTok guys that'll go on there and be like if you're white like you're inherently racist? Like he's basically giving white people a power that they don't possess. He's basically saying that like white people are inherently oppressive, like we're we're uh inherently superior all of a sudden. But that's basically what they're doing. And yeah, I guess these these game developers are just completely ruining Uh, games by marketing them to an audience that doesn't exist um and instead you know the people that would buy their games see right through what what they're doing and see their uh virtue signaling um to try and join this made up gang of like woke game developers um and everything and their games are just suffering because of it and absolutely nobody wants to buy anything new. Thank god Xbox came up with this whole backwards compatibility so you can pl- still play like 360 games and stuff like that cuz that's what a lot of people are doing. They're not buying new new titles or anything like that because they're a complete waste.
1: Yeah. I remember when Battlefield 5 was about to come out and they were doing like some of the teasers and previews and people were really mad that You could play as not only women, but black women in Battlefield 5, which is a World War II game, which for any of the armies there, it's just not realistic. You know, people have whatever idea about, you know, what the game should be. You want it to be realistic or you want the character to represent yourself. uh, But these gamers definitely have somewhat of an argument that the game should be realistic and you shouldn't have all these different races in the game just to kind of tokenize
0: yeah it's it's like these uh racial uh diversity checks that uh colleges have to go through now like they have to admit certain amounts of each each races to become a racially diverse college they want to put people in there that shouldn't be there you know the game games like battlefield that have Um, historical background and their campaign modes and stuff like that you know like need to be accurate otherwise they're stupid games you know nobody wants to nobody wants to play a world war ii game that's not accurate
1: and what's really ironic is that by and, and what it first started with with video games with world war ii games was removing the swastika and um that was the first thing And Battlefield 5 skipped that entirely. But then, you know, they added the female characters, the black women characters. Not only are you erasing history, just, you know, factual wise, but, you know, for the woke audience that would like to see greater representation of the game, you're kind of skewing people's opinion of history. You're kind of saying that you're kind of putting the idea into people's heads that may not know too much about World War II. Or younger kids that oh black women did fight in world war ii so for their argument they're actually weakening it uh the whole you know feminist and intersectionality blm argument
0: yeah it's like i i learned a lot of history just from gaming like growing up like uh, growing up accustomed to games that were historically accurate and so you're talking about like kids coming to school or whatever you get to the uh you get to your history unit about World War II and you're like, oh, I already know all of this. Why? Because I play a freaking video game and everything. And it turns out like a lot of the stuff you learn is historically accurate. And so it's like the fact that like they're completely erasing something like that from even existing is just in the name of being politically correct is stupid.
1: And it makes people it makes kids interested in the wars too. It's like, oh, you know, cool shooter game, but for a person like me. It made me really interested, and I started watching all the TV shows, World War II and color, and stuff on the Military Channel, Military History Channel, History Channel, uh, anything I could see that was World War II because I thought it was so cool. Yeah, even my my grandfather
0: was a, a paratrooper in the 101st Airborne, and he participated in the D-Day invasion. And I remember when he used to tell me stories. Um that he remembered from back when he fought like that was something that I held on to and everything because like I realized the value like even as young as I was r- was able to recognize the value in listening to you know what he had to say because like his generation was was dying out and everything and he wanted to be able to like pass down you know some of what happened to him to his grandson so that you know I could keep that po- that part of history alive and everything and that's what's sad is that a lot of these game these games that are historically accurate are being you know overwritten or redone and being made to include stuff that shouldn't be there just because it's politically correct to have
1: it and yeah. it's just ruining gaming titles yeah and I'm sure some of that some of that even just the gaming uh and I know Hunter first Airborne was really important historically, but just the gaming you know uh if you played some of the call of duty games or whatever, and you hear grandpa's stories, you're like, oh my God, he was a badass yeah yeah, just like just playing
0: any of like the um the earlier Call of Duty series or anything like that you know like how important the 101st airborne was um and how important like different these different parts of the military were to these different operations in you know wars like World War 1, World War 2, Vietnam you learned how important they were by playing these games that had historically accurate battles and figuring out you know whose job was what and, and everything and actually kind of being able to relive that battle through playing in a video game and i think that's what like that's what a lot of people miss is the fact that that was almost a different side to education um for a lot of people that may not have even gotten a decent education or got one but you know didn't learn as much as they probably could uh or should have you know, gaming was another outlet to learn, and so it's it's sad that we're we're just screwing with this other outlet of education and um, and ruining games in the name of um, being politically correct, just because it's uh, publicly acceptable to do so now and everything. And it's even more sad for these gaming developers that think they're uh, they're making good games, but they're not they're making shit titles that just frankly aren't going to sell. And it's sad to see, you know, franchises that we may have grown up playing are soon probably just not going to exist anymore because nobody's going to buy them anymore.
1: Yeah. And just battlefield, for example, like I was saying, they had all this woke stuff and they even went back to their old games that came out, you know, five, six years ago and put, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter on the, the front page, but they're, they're failing. They're failing as, uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, EA as a company is doing quite well. They own a lot of titles, especially like EA Sports and stuff, but DICE and Battlefield, they're, they're, they're terrible. Like they don't meet their, uh, their quote or like their original release dates for the games. Like they released the Battlefield 5, came out a month late and it was full of bugs full of crap and it's sort of like cyberpunk now it's not exactly and it's not it's not good the quality's just going down and these companies see themselves as some sort of pr firm or whatever to lecture us about about these things and just like another another cnn or whatever and eventually it's just gonna die out it's gonna have to die out nobody's gonna want to Nobody's going to want to hear it after a while, after all the, after all the inequities are solved or whatever, people just get pissed off and realize it's all bullshit. It's just going to die out. Nobody's going to want to listen to the woke bullshit anymore.
0: Yeah. So we wanted to do a little bit of a, uh, a different starting topic, uh, you know, with gaming, but, um, we also did have some interesting stuff that happened this last week. Some of it just as late as last night. I saw Time Magazine posted this article online that basically claimed that a cabal of elites in politics, Hollywood, mainstream media, and other big companies basically plotted to steal the election and rig it in Biden's favor by way of controlling social media posts, censoring opposition, and basically just er moving the goalposts to allow biden's campaign to win the election you know that's time magazine where you're talking about the same people that back in december were uh saying biden and harris were going to be the time magazine people of the year the same uh magazine that just put them on the cover are the same people coming out saying that they rigged the election and twitter was very quick to uh, censor that article and say everything in the article was false and that it was like satirical or something like that they took down any tweet that was associated with it or uh, you know somebody tweeted and was like wow I can't believe this or something like that it immediately got censored because it's like oh don't believe this guy it's not true um, even though time magazine are the ones that posted it
1: yeah it sounds like gatekeeping and how a lot of conspiracy theories get proven right eventually is when the conspiracers conspirators have to let out you know let themselves be known because they know it's inevitable people are finding them out you know everybody's onto this idea that the elections are rigged so uh, now i mean i'm not even surprised that there's starting to be reports from the liberal media they're just trying to slip it past people you know the liberal media who said the election was the most secure ever a few weeks ago they were saying oh my god this is trump's crazy like this isn't rigged at all they wait
0: it's they wait until people stop paying attention to politics and then they can push something through that normally like if people were paying attention they would care about but they know that nobody gives a shit now so they just push it through the media and absolutely nobody bats an eye and then they'll say like oh yeah we reported on that and everything and you see some like two vague news reports from however long ago they basically just do it because they know there's a window of opportunity for them to catch people not paying attention. And then they think they're scot-free basically, even though absolutely nobody heard what was said.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they were calling people crazy right-wingers for saying all this stuff about the, uh, election being stolen. And now they're just trying to slip past the admission of truth. And you know say, "Oh, uh, you know they say everything's in the name of democracy or whatever, but it's really undemocratic to you know, I already believe this that politics and voting is all kind of a scam. I mean people, people think that uh, these elections are legit when it's always like 50.5 to 49.5 percent. you really think every election's that close? It's kind of kind of seems pretty crazy i don't think their polling's that good especially after what we learned in the 2016 election with the polling it's funny now that like you said that they want to admit it that they think the waters are that calm right now but i think this is going to really rile people up i hope so i hope people start paying attention to stuff like that because it
0: was like that article got posted and everybody scrolled past it it was like nobody nobody cared about that And then the people that did care about it, Twitter was very quick to censor all of their tweets and delete their accounts and stuff like that. It happened to several people that like I follow uh, had their tweets about it completely deleted from Twitter. The ones that are still up, you can't even interact with them. You can't retweet them. You can't like them. uh, You can't even view the
1: comments. Just another big tech censorship example.
0: Yeah, I guess we had uh, some other weird stuff happen this week. I don't know if anybody saw what was going on with, who was it, Tom
1: AOC, right? Yeah, AOC claimed she was scared of being attacked at the Capitol. Uh, this was back on, what was it, January 6th? Yeah. And she was scared of, she said she was scared of being attacked at the Capitol by the quote unquote insurrectionists. Yet she wasn't even at the Capitol at that time. Yeah. Not even the that
0: building. She wasn't even in the building. And it's like it's sad that it's consistent with the fact that the left likes to build these stupid straw man arguments with absolutely no factual backing whatsoever to anything that they're saying. And then they knock them over in front of everybody and everybody just kind of just eats it up and they believe every single thing that they say. And the straw man in that case is the capital insurrection because it wasn't an insurrection. I don't understand why everybody keeps calling it that. And then basically using it to silence and jail their opposition. Because many of them were claiming that their lives were in danger and they weren't even in the building to begin with, which is what's sad.
1: Yeah. And I was hearing somebody say on a podcast earlier today. They were saying Trump was inciting violence, uh, but there are landmark court cases supposedly that have set the precedent that to incite violence, you have to have like a specific call to action with, uh, you know, steps and you have to be very specific about it. And all Trump said was, you know, we're going to go up to January, you know, we're going to go to the Capitol on January 6th and, uh, rile them up or give them hell or whatever. and. You know, nobody was really armed. I know some people died. I guess a handful of people died.
0: Not even. I saw another story about the cop that was killed with the fire extinguisher, like that wasn't even a thing, or that story was exaggerated to some extent so i I mean, I'm starting to see a lot of stuff that wasn't true at all,
1: but that's not a coup. like they keep trying to say it's an insurrection, which is kind of like akin to saying like a like, uh, like a mutiny, almost like a, almost like a hard coup, uh, hard coup, as opposed to a soft coup. But just trying to, yeah, like a mutiny, trying to trying to take over. Nobody was armed. It's just such a joke. And I said previously on a previous podcast that you know you're you're flirting with insurrection or whatever. That's what they're saying, or you, you're trying to take back politics or whatever. These people are getting arrested now. What did they think was gonna happen? They're they're storming a Capitol building. And likewise on the other on the other side of the coin, these Democrats are saying it's insurrection, but nobody was armed. And nobody was really attacked and nothing was really ransacked or destroyed and none of the Congress people were. Yeah, they in think danger. because
0: of they think because people kicked their feet up at Nancy Pelosi's desk that uh there was a threat to their lives or something like that like uh, with as plastered as goat guy was in the media and everybody freaking out over how he was somehow a white supremacist or something like the fact that he got as much attention as he did and he didn't have a gun or anything like that like if there was going to be an insurrection they weren't going to have goat guy leading the insurrection you know like it, if their main goal was to actually overthrow the government, you know, like they would have been armed to the teeth and they had absolutely nothing. So like to say it's an insurrection is giving it way more credit than uh, is needed.
1: Yeah, and I'm not making a threat by any means, but there are people that are armed to the teeth in this country that when the time comes, will I mean, if tyranny gets that bad, we'll fight back. But those definitely, and a lot of the MAGA crowd definitely are not those people. Um, so, but, but going back to AOC, yeah, so she was talking about these insurrectionists. She wasn't even at the Capitol at the time when everything was going down on January 6th. She was in her office in this different building, hundreds of yards away. Uh, there were police there to protect everybody. And Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who... Said she was in her office, two doors down at the time. Said there was nobody storming that building, so that they were completely safe. Apparently, a police officer, uh, Capitol Police, knocked on AOC's door, and she started freaking out because she thought it was the thought it was the people storming the Capitol. It's kind of just a fabricated, a bullshit story.
0: Yeah, and like, I was scrolling through Twitter the other night and saw somebody made a uh, a meme of Brian Williams from NBC basically saying that AOC was in the Capitol when it was attacked because he was there with her, which is ironically funny as hell if you know what happened to Brian Williams. <laughs> um, if you don't know what happened to Brian Williams, just look up the story. Uh, look up why he lost his job because it's absolutely hilarious.
1: Yeah, just another person with no credibility that should be destroying it overnight but people still somehow believe them. Yeah, it's completely stupid. Uh-huh. Um moving on from that, another story this week, Jen Saki, I don't know how you really pronounce that. PS, yeah, Saki. AKI. Okay. Biden's press secretary, uh she apparently before She was press secretary months ago, before I I think before Biden was even elected. She she made a homophobic comment about Lindsey Graham calling him "Lady G" on Twitter. I don't know if that's homophobic or transphobic or whatever. I don't know if Lindsey Graham's any of those, but people do think he's like there's like a rumor that he's gay or whatever. But she's expected to have to address that in a uh, White House press conference. And obviously, gay Republicans are now calling for her to apologize in the least, if not step down. Yeah, and
0: they're going to come up with some stupid excuse and everybody's going to pass it along. And, you know, something that they would have ridiculed Trump over for like for months in the media is going to be something that they just kind of leave, leave alone. They're not going to they won't touch it again. It's kind of like they're just throwing Jin, they're throwing Jin Saki bones, basically, um, and just letting her, you know, pick the ones that she wants. Like, they're kind of just asking her the questions that they know have to be asked so that, like, people will leave them alone and won't care.
1: Yeah, it's sad, really. They're just throwing her softballs, whereas with Trump's press secretaries, all of them, I mean, he went through a bunch uh spicer scaramucci i think bannon was one of them um huckabee sarah huckabee sanders and the last one kaylee McKenney. yeah um they were grilling every single one of them and they gave him hell every single day this liberal media and it's funny because trump would just sit there and he would point them out but you know obviously his press secretaries don't have the the authorities that trump has to revoke some pr- press passes and stuff but uh yeah they would it, the fake news media was in there every day and now with jen Psaki, they're just throwing like i said softballs throwing underhanders and saying oh you know what is uh biden's favorite ice cream instead of anything productive and it's just making politics boring again and people are gonna not want to pay attention. I guess it's just basically the left
0: proving that they're the exact same thing that they claim that they hate so much. And it's ironic, I guess, given the fact that they want people that they hate for doing the exact same thing that they're doing, put in prison and put on hit lists and censored in public forum. Yet when they do it, it's okay, And absolutely nobody talks about it. And the reason they don't talk about it is because of, you know, what we've been talking about the last couple episodes uh, of culture. Basically, you know, the fact that conservatives and libertarians and uh, people that think differently tend to not be as involved in culture and liberal media has these different areas of culture, you know, locked down. So that's definitely where conservatives and libertarians can start winning is that area of culture and, you know, being different.
1: Yeah, these left wing uh, types. Especially I mean, even the ones involved in media and stuff like that. But just in general, people, uh, I've said previously they everybody has these racist thoughts, whether it's uh stereotypes or a joke. And it's I swear to God, it's these liberal people that are the most seethingly racist people at the end of the day, because they can't joke about anything, they can't take anything. As a joke they can't come to the realization that something is a fact or may or may not be demonstrable for everything or demonstrable of uh for everyone but they just like to paint everybody in this great light and if something bad happens then you know they just get the seething anger and most of the time a lot of these these liberals and i, I hate to bash on northern people uh, because i'm originally from the northeast but certain areas up there they don't have a lot of minorities a lot of hispanics or black people in their schools for example my cousin's high school there was one black kid and you know you don't you don't grow up around them and you don't learn their culture or who they are and people just have less th- these people are basically hating from the outside of the club. They're just pointing at us and saying, oh, your interactions with all these minority groups are terrible, but they don't even have interactions with minority groups. Leftists just want to sit in their own in their own echo chamber of ideas and not yeah, talk to new and, and people. Then they,
0: and then they like to be offended on everybody else's behalf. Like, when, yeah. ha, when have you ever said something uh quote unquote offensive and actually had somebody of the race it was uh, offense supposedly offensive towards how how often have they been the race that attacked or like like ridicules you for it like it's almost always offended white liberals
1: yeah I, I, and a lot of times you just look like a pussy if you get offended for somebody else it's like why do you have to stand up for somebody else just let them stand up for themselves and yeah. it's, it's kind of implies that they don't have the ability to stand up for themselves. That's that's kind of the and that's a lot of the idea of this BLM where you see all these rich yeah, white and kids. See
0: that, and see that's what I was trying to talk about like at, at the beginning of the podcast how they love to be offended on everybody else's behalf and like it doesn't like it doesn't make any sense at all the fact that they feel like they're they're uh, the press secretary for all these different minorities. Or whatever, and that they can't speak for themselves.
1: Yeah, it's really degrading if you think about it in a literal sense. Because like I was saying, the, the whole BLM idea uh with these rich white liberals is like that the blacks don't have a voice, uh that they've been historically discriminated upon, but uh where that gets a lot of backlash, ironically, is from the Hispanic population. And they get really pissed off because a lot of people, especially we're from Florida, a lot of Cubans, they came from communism and they were in the US free for less generations than these black people. And they're doing better already and they're not complaining and they don't blame white people for all their problems. And I'm not saying it's all black people, but it's 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 white liberals. It, it's self-loathing whites and liberal minorities that just want to blame other people for their issues
0: yeah they almost never want to take credit for the own destructive policy that they pass they they just want to pass it off and make it somebody else's fault or play the race card and make it easy to scapegoat other other groups of people uh for the problems that they create and then act like they're the ones that are woke and they're the ones that are helping everybody else which is absolutely not true
1: yeah, and that third-person perspective from Cubans is just, it's its very telling, because they're just sitting there, and they're like, what the hell is your excuse? Stop bitching.
0: Yeah, they definitely come from a very different political climate than what we've had here, and so like a lot of them that have come here and built their own lives and stuff like that are super pissed off at the fact that they've been here less time. And the people that they see complaining as much as they are are the ones that are like least affected by the problems that they claim they're affected by. And are basically just looking for the government to hand everything to them.
1: And on the same accord, it gets white people trapped into this feeling of guilt. I they they really push it through the university system, this feeling of white guilt. And obviously, The powers that be financial and big big corporations and government they want to really push these uh these these agendas to not only divide people to divide and conquer but to also push to bring in these socialist policies to make everything one size fits all for everybody you know black people are the same as whites and there's no ifs, ands or buts to it you know men are the same as women you know they just want to take everybody's strengths and weaknesses away and put everybody on the same. uh, They say it's the same playing field, but they want to put everybody in the same shoes. Not everybody has the same strengths and weaknesses and they just want to, it's like the, it's like the book, the giver. They just want to make everybody have no emotions and be the same.
0: You're all part of one harmonious machine. You have absolutely no, no, individualistic talents or um strengths or weaknesses you're you're all just part of one one gigantic blob Is basically what the left wants
1: and that's sad and that really destroys the economy and it destroys people's perceptions of themselves and it obviously destroys creativity and personality but that's that's essentially what at the end of the day all this Uh, cultural marxism all this all this blm stuff leads to is destroying ideas rooted in fact like two genders man and woman or uh you came from a different country and you have different values you know maybe we don't deserve to vote over how each other should live yeah exactly you're talking about you're
0: talking about a country that was that's literally been just a melting pot of um, of different, you know, races, cultures, backgrounds, and everything where, you know, we may not necessarily have or have or carry the same beliefs that, um, the other person has. And then you're asking all of those different people to share government with each other. And it just absolutely, it doesn't make any sense because when you're opposed ideologically and then ask them to share a a governing body that ultimately makes the final decision in every single thing that you do there are going to be differences and you can't just tell the other side every single time like oh too bad just accept it you're going to have to deal with the way that we rule like that's so stupid
1: and and that's the point that government's got to government's gotten so big that Every four years, everybody's shitting their pants because they think the other side's going to take over and they're going to do everything terrible and destroy everything, all the previous progress that's been made. And God, I wish I could recall who's saying it recently, one of the podcasts I was listening to, but somebody was saying that you know it's gotten so crazy, all this government power and everything that basically every four years, it feels like a coup is going on. And that that's also a, a result of representative democracy and the faults of democracy being essentially mob rule. So whoever the mob is is basically performing a coup and forcing their ideology on the rest of the population.
0: No, and it goes it goes both ways. It's not just It's not just the leftists now that we're talking about with telling, you know, uh, Republicans that they have to just go along with it and they can't do anything. And, you know, they're just along for the ride. You know, Republicans did that too, back in 2016 when Trump won, um, because Trump was their Jesus, they told leftists pretty much the same thing. You know, you don't like it. Well, you're going to have to deal with it and you're just along for the ride, which is the same. It's the same exact problem. Um, just in two different, but they were
1: kicking They were kicking and screaming the whole way. They were trying to impeach him the whole time. The media was shitting on him every single day. Trump couldn't get much done.
0: Yeah, so they weren't really really even along for the ride. They tried to control where the ride went the majority of the time. Republicans, quite literally, are just along for the ride. They're absolutely powerless as to anything that happens. As far as I'm concerned, that party is just absolutely doomed. You know, there's no coming back from where they're at now.
1: So, what do we do now? You think that we should be kicking and screaming at everything Biden does and trying to impeach him and everything, or you think we should try to be the better person and just uh, try to change my side? I don't even think
0: it's about. I don't even think it's about being a better person. I think it's like it. It's the fact that the government just shouldn't even be there in the first place. Like, why am I going? Why would I want to? continue this never ending cycle of you know using the filibuster on bills so nothing gets done four years after four years goes by and absolutely nothing changes and it's just like the same the same like childlike bickering um on national television and debates and everything and then we elect quote unquote the lesser of two evils and then cycle repeats itself and we revisited it again in four years. That's what we've been doing lately it seems like for the last 10, 15 years is just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with the same thing over and over and over again. So I wouldn't, I want absolutely no part of the system. I want absolutely no part of impeachments or anything like that because it's a waste of time because the government should be abolished.
1: Yeah. It it just should be there for almost everything it is. Therefore, if not everything is therefore, it's just all bullshit. It's just, it's just another thing that, drives drives fighting between you and your neighbor. It, it it's two wolves and one sheep deciding what's for dinner. Basically, it's it's everybody turned against one another trying to fight for trying to be king of the hill or something.
0: And they do this to us every 4 years because they know it's more important that we fight each other instead of fighting them.
1: All I'm going to say, yeah, divide and conquer. Divide and conquer.
0: But uh I I think that's all we've got for you guys this week we tried out some new audio equipment this week so hopefully that went pretty well and i guess we will see you guys next week have a good one thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode of the free for all podcast you can find us on youtube spotify and google podcasts make sure to follow and subscribe to the show to keep up to date with all of the latest content peace